lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to Superhero T-Shirt Week here on the Steve Dace Show. That would be me alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Jam-packed show for you uh, later today. Uh, Bob Vanderplatz and I are going to substantively disagree on something. That does not happen very often, so let's just do it in public, shall we? We will do that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Next hour, we will get into our weekly, or almost weekly now, Ask Me Anything. Our five-star reviewers and our followers over on Gab selected the questions that uh, Todd chose to be answered on the air. Of course, I have not seen them. I will see them for the first time uh, coming up next hour of the show. I want to begin, though, by sharing with you a conversation I had over the weekend. Uh, The three of us uh, have gotten to meet several of you over the years, and one of the individuals we've gotten to meet the last couple of years has become a good friend to the show on and off the air, and it's our buddy Charles. Oh yeah, yeah. And we got to meet we got to meet Charles, who lives over uh, west of the Rocky Mountains. We got we got to meet him because, by his own admission, pre COVID, he thought we were all crazy. They were your classic kind of Romney establishment Republican successful business family, right? Yep. And COVID hits, and he's got a very good friend who is trying to overcome substance addiction. And he had, I can't remember if it was a formal 12-step or a Celebrate Recovery, but one of those kinds of groups associated with the local church. And of course, the local church is, is, is closed down. And his friend fell back into the darkness and he eventually lost his friend. And being confronted with that level of darkness, he starts seeking out sources of information that maybe could help inform him about what is really going on here. How bad can can a virus be that it is worth this level of carnage, that the, the treatment could potentially be worse than the disease? And providentially, he just found our show. And we've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. I, I got a text from Charles on Saturday night. So, I mean, that's one of the main tropes, really, of, of COVID. The whole devastation of lockdowns and the, the hammer meets nail, only sees a nail, ham-fisted approach to dealing and confronting it, which was far more devastating than the virus itself, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he now travels halfway across the country. And he's in Boston over the weekend. And it's an annual like summer family trip that, you know, before COVID, they would always make go to Fenway Park. And they're at the Yankees Red Sox game at Fenway Park Saturday night. He texts me in the middle of it. He says, Steve, you won't believe what I just saw. I'm on the aisle seat, literally two feet from me. Young man in his 30s. Just collapsed right in front of me. Just collapsed right in front of me, said, I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm dying. Somebody please help me. They brought out the stretcher and everything to wheel him out of there. And then it was bizarre. Everybody just watched it happen and then just went back to the game like nothing happened. Text me again yesterday morning. 
Like there's nothing in the local news or anything about this. That's another one of the bromides of this era, right? Young, healthy people just collapsing out of nowhere. It is heart attack season, Steve. It is. It's a brutal one, in fact, so please please do mask up. But what are the odds? What are the odds one guy living west of the Mississippi would just so happen to have a good friend that he lost because of the vicious cruelty of lockdowns and then would just travel halfway across the country and just watch a young man in his 30s just collapse from a heart attack right in front of him. Let me tell you what those odds are. They are about the odds that <clears throat> rebound COVID with Paxlovid is less than 1%. But the two individuals arguably getting the most state-of-the-art healthcare in America, President Joe Biden and America's alleged infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. Both got that. About those odds. This is why, in our forthcoming book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, and you can read the opening argument right now at trialsandexecution.com. But that opening argument is packed with data. You can pre-order the book right now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. We were the number four nonfiction book in America on Barnes and, at Barnes & Noble last week. And a book doesn't come out for almost six months. You can read the opening statement framed like a mock Nuremberg trial at trials and execution. Trials, plural, execution, singular. Trialsandexecution.com. Download it there. Just send us your email. We'll send you the PDF. Share it with whoever you want. But after you get past that opening statement, when this book comes out next winter, you're going to see that the vast majority of this book is testimonies. What are the odds that a, a PA in Washington state would face the loss of his license for saving hundreds of lives? Just like what they're trying to do to arguably the most decorated virologist of this era, Dr. Robert Malone, arguably the most decorated cardiologist of this era, Dr. Peter McCullough. What are the odds? See, if you think these are random occurrences, the odds are sky high. But if you realize that this is Hail Hydra, and that this is systemic, and this is planned, and this is purposeful, that it's all part of the plan, you will see that it's right on schedule. Bet your house. Absolutely. This is the Zogby poll last week that showed far more Americans know someone who had a serious adverse effect to, COVID to the COVID jab than died of COVID itself. Since this book became the number one political book in the country last week, again, six months before its release, interestingly, I'm sure it's a pure coincidence, CDC has decided to basically end COVID in America and got rid of a lie that had kept up on its website for a year that the spike protein doesn't stay in your blood for very long. 
I'm sure those are coincidences. I'm sure they're just absolutely random. And they might be. But even if they are random, it shows the time for this trial is now. CEO of Moderna is talking now that they're going to have to dump millions more doses that people don't want. The CEO of Pfizer tweeted out today, he has COVID. We can use terms like cosmic, irony, schadenfreude. I've used them all. But let me tell you what term we need more than anything else. Justice. So that this never happens again. And yes, I'm talking gallows. After a trial, of course. We will give them all a fair and transparent trial in public for all to see. Unlike what they gave us before they injected us with their poison. And now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by It's Over. The CDC late last week basically declared the end of the COVID regime. New CDC guidance says you no longer have to quarantine after coming into contact with COVID positive people. The unjabbed now have the same guidance as the jabbed, and it's no longer recommended to screen people who show no symptoms. Also, as Congressman Thomas Massey pointed out, the CDC is now quietly deleting misleading information from their website. If you go to an archived page on the CDC website regarding the mRNA jabs and the spike protein, there's a section that spells out why you don't need to be concerned about the spike protein staying in your cells and that it breaks down in just a few days. That section has been deleted on the current CDC website, so there's that. And now there's this. And according to new data from the largest German medical insurance company, there were a total of 437,593 insurance claims billed under the four diagnostic codes for vaccine injury in 2021. To put those numbers into perspective, in the previous years, the number was 13,777 and 15,044, respectively. Given that this German insurance company insures 11 million people, and with the assumption that all 11 million are vaccinated, that would mean the rate of vaccine injury in Germany is around 1 in 23. In completely unrelated news, the notorious horse doctor Albert Burla, CEO of Pfizer, announced this morning he's tested positive for COVID despite being quadruple jabbed and is taking a course of Paxlovid. I am the science update. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but I mean, it's it's I, I, people go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me. My wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. And we'll cap off this round of COVID news with this headline from Bloomberg Opinion on May 20th, 2021. 
We may get to the point where we must force people to get COVID vaccines for the public good. The official narrative regarding the FBI raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago now goes something like this. Last Monday, it was that he's not above the law and we got to let this play out. Late last week, the narrative was that he had the nuclear code. So the FBI just let him have the nuclear codes for a year and a half before snatching them back. Now it's some ambiguous narrative that he's kept some classified top secret documents. It's all a sham. You remember Roy Moore of Alabama, the former Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice turned Senate candidate, had his campaign blown up by Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blasey Ford style allegations. Well, he just won a defamation lawsuit against a Democrat aligned super PAC for $8.2 million dollars. Among other things, the PAC alleged in campaign advertisements that Moore was banned from the Gadsden, Alabama mall for his predatory behavior and was preying on very young girls, neither of which, of course, were true. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, the price of a Senate seat is $8.2 million. Aaron's razor update, it's just demonic, bro. This is Boston Children's Hospital, who says... Toddlers can know they're transgender. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves, and parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically, and actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the, quote, opposite gender toys, things like that. So that is a, a growing population that they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. A new LifeWay research study of Protestant American pastors found that the number one idol those pastors identified in their congregations was the idol of comfort at 67%. And finally, the Democrats' best and brightest. Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? Well, I former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts, I guess? <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> yep. Aaron's Montage brought to you by something everyone's going to need because people like what you just saw vote. But the, the odds are very high that guy who said I'm done talking is also like a flack for Pfizer or something. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it, in fact. Elder at a church. Yep. I mean, 60, oh. 67% of go. Protestant pastors say idol is the number one comfort or comfort is the number one idol of their people. And yet about 85% of Protestant pastors feed their comfort of idol. Anyone? Is this on? Sensory perception driven churches, no conviction, no application, no confrontation. Gee, gee, Ward, weren't you a little soft on the beeve last night? I can see why the number one idol of your parishioners is comfort. You feed it. Most of you feed it. With your pleated khakis and sweater vests, most of you plead it. And feed it. Aaron's Montage brought to you by something we're all going to need. Probably soon. Our friends over at My Patriot Supply get their three-month emergency food kit right now. Delivered to your door discreetly if you want. You can order the Mauve Chartreuse Doom Prepper van if you want. I'm sure they have one. 
Uh, but uh, they've got everything in stock. It ships fast right now. Three months emergency food stays good for up to 20 plus years with proper storage. This includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, even drinks. The full 2,000 plus calories you and everyone in your household needs. And you can get it right now for $150 off plus, I'm sorry, $250 off. They've upped the ante here. You can get it for $250 off now. And free shipping when you go to preparewithdace.com. That is preparewithdace.com. Let's get to the montage. And I want to start with this because there are so few clean wins. We, we, we live in an era where most of <coughs> conservative media has nothing to say while you're being forcibly locked down forcibly choked out, forcibly experimented upon. And matter of fact, might even promote that you get the very thing that's imprisoning you, uh, the poisonous jab. Uh, and um, also, you know, have almost nothing to say about dozens of nonviolent offenders being indefinitely detained. But the minute they stepped a precious old Mr. Trump, suddenly Crystal Knock is declared. One day... Maybe, maybe one day, maybe, someday my prince will come. Maybe one day, one day there will be a conservative media who might actually reach critical mass while its actual consumers and the people who actually buy its content and pay its exorbitant salaries are actually the ones being persecuted, not their pet politician. Maybe. Maybe one day that'll happen. And maybe one day monkeys will fly out of my butt. Maybe one day two gay guys will spread monkey pox to a dog. That would never happen. Actually, that day has arrived. And let he who has not sodomized a dog cast the first stone. Maybe one day, maybe one day, many of the people that you've made multimillionaires will care as much about you as they do whoever is the Mr. So-and-so face of the Republican Party at that time. Hell, maybe even we'll care more about ourselves than our pet politicians. Because I saw a whole bunch of people, like when it was a mom in Idaho or a salon owner in Dallas, got nothing. Suddenly though, suddenly though, they, they stepped to Mr. Trump and now I'm mobilized, I'm awake. Maybe someday we'll get there. And because we're not there, here's what we often do. We, will, we often successfully push them back. Because there's still a lot more of us than they think. So we will often successfully push them back, but we will very rarely defeat them outright. Very rarely defeat them outright. So when such an event occurs, I think we have a duty and an obligation to acknowledge and celebrate it. That Roy Moore verdict is just such an event. That was in a federal court
and essentially all of the material claims that were brought to him and against him during that election. What was that? 2017, I believe. That seems like so long ago. It does. It does. A jury took a look at those claims and sided with more against the Democratic Super PAC on all of them. All the Democratic Super PAC did was just run the ads that were in the that were the stories in the Washington Post. That's all they did. That's all they did. So here's what we have. Now what? Six years later? Six years later. Here's what you got out of... We need to be reasonable. I remember the phone call I had with Ted Cruz trying to get him to not jump ship on, on Roy. Watched Mike Lee jump ship on Roy. Watched all kinds of people jump ship. Hey, hey. I remember saying at the time, this politically was not the most effective defense that was being mounted, right? Correct. Now, that's a separate question about whether or not this stuff is actually true, however. But in the end, six years later, here we are. And here's what you got out of, we had to hold our side accountable. I agree, we have to hold our side accountable, uh, but not to the devil. The devil is a liar. He's an accuser. He's a slanderer. We don't respond to his accusations and slanders. We rebuke them. We hold our side accountable to the same side we hold every side to, God. And here's what you had to believe. You had to believe, and I laid this out at the time, you had to believe a guy went to Vietnam, went to law school at Harvard, and then somewhere in between there lost his damn mind and and, and, and essentially went Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused and in Alabama Mall, you know, those southern towns that are so good at keeping secrets. And all these years, he kept running for office in that same exact community, and no one ever brought these charges forth. All these years, over and over again, whether it was Supreme Court, whether it was governor, over and over again, he keeps running for office in that same community, and they keep voting for him, and these accusations never show up. And then lo and behold, when he's about to go to Washington, suddenly they do. And now six years later, here's what we have. There's no statute of limitations on sexual assault in Alabama, by the way. The women who made their accusations could have gone to any district attorney and filed a complaint, demanded a a grand jury be convened to look into their charges. Same thing we saw a year later with Brett Kavanaugh. If If you saw Brett Kavanaugh, part of a marauding band of rapists in Georgetown in 82, get the hell off Twitter and call the cops! Okay? Call the cops. Get the hell off WAPO. Call 5-0. Call 5-0. Don't talk to WAPO or HUPPO. Call 5-0. Call them. No criminal charges. No further investigations. And he just kicked their ass in federal court. Someday we will learn these lessons. I just probably won't be alive to see them. Let me take the German data from the German insurer. 
and extrapolate it a little further for you. Shall we? Yes. Yeah. We must. Aaron gave you some interesting numbers. I have that German study, by, by the way. It's on all my social media pages except Facebook on purpose. Okay. So I'm, I'm just done dealing with fake book. I don't care on this level. All right. So I've posted it on every single one of my social media pages, at Steve Dace Show, Twitter, um, Getter, um, at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. Uh, you can look Steve Dace up on MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. All of my social media channels except Facebook, fake book. Every other one has the data that I'm about to cite for you, okay? So if you, if you take this German study and you extrapolate its numbers here, Aaron mentioned it was one out of 23 people reported an adverse effect from the COVID jab worthy enough of an insurance claim. So we're not, we're not talking about my arm hurt for a few hours, okay? The previous vaccine injury ratio for this German employer was one in 760 people. That's what it was for this German insurer, one of the largest in a nation of 66 million. That's what it was pre-COVID, one out of 760. Now they're reporting it's one out of 23. That is an increase of 33 times the previous rate. 33 times. Over 2,000%. 33 times. 33 times. Over 2,000%. If we had a similar ratio of adverse effects here among U.S. insurers with our current population base, you would be looking at almost 10 million Americans with an adverse effect worthy of filing a health insurance company claim. It's at least 9.6 million. At least 9.6 million. At least 9.6 million By the way, this adds up to 4.3%. If you do this math, this adds up to 4.3% of everyone jabbed having an adverse effect serious enough to file a health insurance claim. 4.3%. The infection fatality rate for COVID before we even start stratifying it for age is about 0.3%. We've given these jabs to 5.4 billion people. A couple of times. Yeah. And you want to ask me, is it justified, Steve, calling this the rise of the Fourth Reich? Is it justified, Steve, to say trialsandexecution.com? My response to you is, I'm showing Christian restraint. Because posses and revolutions were formed in previous eras of human history over stuff like this. For much less, quite frankly. I am showing Christian restraint. I'm going to give you a trial. I'm going to let you be your own control group with your own representation. I'm going to let you do it transparently for everyone to see. You know, all the things you didn't offer us. Control groups. Transparency. All the things you didn't offer us in your fake trials you tried to hide for 75 years. 
all the things you didn't the, all the things you didn't offer us before you just injected as many of us with this poison as you could possibly get your grimy little hands on, your scaly claws on. I'm the one actually showing restraint. You deserve far worse. But mercy triumphs over judgment. So we'll give you a trial first. And that clip of Anthony Fauci, that's Luciferian stuff, man. That's I will ascend. I will be like the most high. That's, that's demonic. Ego incarnate is what that is. Gentlemen, your thoughts. The data from Germany is actually worse. Now, it is technically worse, marginally worse, but it is worse. How many dead people can file insurance claims? Excellent point. Yeah. So there's that. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Meanwhile, the greatest idol the church is dealing with is comfort. So, you know, told you. In the face of all this, still, people just, can I just be left alone? Can I just do my thing? Can I just have uh, my little exploits and um, uh, pretend that this is still the first world we're living in? Nope. Nope, you can't. It's all a mirage. And it's a mirage that's going to get your children and your grandchildren killed if you don't have the courage to do something about it. We'll come back. Something that has not happened very often. Bob and I are going to substantively disagree about something. And so let's just go ahead and do it in public. Sure. And we'll do that when we return. You know, it doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone, just some cheap hardware, and a lot of smart 12-year-olds can do it. In fact, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, whether that's cafes, hotels, airports, etc., any hacker on that same network can try to use that to gain access to your personal data. Hackers make up to $1,000 per person selling such personal data on the dark web. That's why you want to look at getting yourself a super secure VPN like ExpressVPN. Very simple. Uh, you just fire up the app and click one button uh, to download it and install it on all your devices um, and you're protected. Not to mention there's a little side benefit of these things because a lot of times, um, you know, things like Netflix have a lot bigger catalogs than what they'll offer you in your country. Just go on your and say you're logging in from like, you know, the UK or something and get access to a lot more titles than you might already be getting. Or let's say you're trying to avoid a certain uh, big tech social media ban. You can just, again, uh, change your IP by logging in through a different server and create yourself a different account, gentlemen. Keep that in mind. That might come in that might come in handy to the, the three of us at some point here in the future. All right. So if you want to find out why ExpressVPN is so popular and has won so many awards, uh, secure your online data with them today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Steve. That's Express, just like it sounds. V is in victory, P is in Paul, N is in network. Expressvpn.com slash Steve. And You'll get three extra months for free when you sign up for a year. Three extra months for free. So 15 months for the price of 12 at expressvpn.com slash Steve. All right, let's bring in our good friend Bob Vanderplotz. And so you and I have been doing this together now for many, many moons. 
And it is rare <laughs> that we have a substantive disagreement about something. But today we do. And so I thought what might be fun, I'm going to let you make your case. Sure. All right. And this involves how serious Liz Cheney is or how serious of a threat she is perceived to be. Right. And I'm going to let you make your case. I will make mine in response. And then let's see what Todd and Aaron have to say. Okay. And you guys have permission to completely, not that you need that. I know what you're thinking. Well, you pay these guys, so they're going to be on your side. Okay. But these guys always have permission to disagree. Okay. All right. So make your case. Liz Cheney is a clear and present danger. Why? Well, I believe she is. As a matter of fact, uh, when you take a look at it, there's no doubt we'd much rather have Trump today than we would have, want to have Biden today. There's a lot of good things Trump did. Uh, and now we're looking at 2024. Everybody's focused on 2022 and how important 2022 is, this election. But for a lot of us, especially in the state of Iowa, we're looking at 2024 and there's going to be a caucus cycle here. And President Trump looks like he's getting closer and closer announcing that he is going to make another run for the presidency in 2024. And the coach in me says, you got to take a look at the entire landscape. If, if, if President Trump says, I want to run again in 2024, which I think he's going to do, I think odds are he will win the Republican nomination. He'll be the Republican nominee. But the end game is who wins the presidency? Now, this isn't about me not wanting Trump to be president again. This is about just taking a look strategically as a coach. What is the dynamic like? What's the playing field like? Mm -hmm. And when you take a look at what Liz Cheney is doing, her primaries tomorrow in Wyoming, she is going to get crushed in Wyoming, like 70 to 30 crushed in Wyoming. But if you watch her two and a half minute ad that's up in Wyoming right now, it has nothing to do about her getting elected in Wyoming again. It has everything to do with making sure that she stops him from becoming president again. You then watch her dad's at, former Vice President Dick Cheney's at. It's not about Liz Cheney becoming representative Liz Cheney again in Wyoming or from Wyoming. It's about doing everything in her power, stopping Donald Trump from becoming president again. Here's the coaching me. The Bush-Cheney era is gone, but there's still a lot of them in this thing that they call the Republican Party. This is the Chamber of Commerce, guys. These are your establishment Republicans. This is George Conway, it's Mitt Romney, it's the Bush-Cheney, and that's still a significant portion in, a, in, a, in, a, in the Republican Party. If Liz Cheney, who will get every debate stage, she'll get all media coming after her, runs an effective independent campaign, I believe she is a very, that she is a very real and clear and present danger to Ross Perrowing a Donald Trump, saying, I will take just enough of a percentage. It's not about me being present. It's just by, by me saying, I will torpedo your opportunity to become president again. And I don't care if they run Biden, Kamala Harris, Newsom, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. She has one goal. It's not against them. It's against him. And if that succeeds, we take a, an election, 2024, that I think all of us would agree should be a cinch. It should be a victory to help get our country back on the right track. It's a big concern of mine, Stephen. I think something that at least, and I put that in my tweet yesterday, it needs to be part of Trump's calculation. Do I run again? 
and needs to be part of the GOP calculation of who gets to be the nominee again. I think she's a real and present danger. Okay. It's a compelling case, but here's why I don't agree. Because I've, I've seen this I've seen this before. It was called Jeff Flake. Um it was it was called John McCain. Um it 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 it's 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 had lots of different iterations. To me, the only thing she's running for is um which of the two MSNBC or CNN networks will be her place to essentially just vent and be their token Republican and um uh and and and, and just continue to have a platform and relevancy. I don't think she'll run for anything. Trump actually got a higher percentage of the Republican vote in 2020 than he got in 2016. I think the vast majority of that element that you're describing isn't even in the Republican Party anymore. I actually saw the opposite take place after the raid last week at Mar-a-Lago. I saw quite a few people that either think that Trump's a whiner or makes this stuff up or it's not really true, uh, think that this was a moment that was beyond the pale for them. And if that, and, and she's kind of now one of the faces of that, okay? That this is, this is classic overreach that the other side always does. There are two constants in American politics. You can always count on Republicans to preemptively surrender, and then you can always count on Democrats to way overreach in response to that because they will then assume that there's no real opposition to what they do and their tactics and what they think. And then the people will usually provide that opposition. I think you've seen that in the polling and stuff that has come out recently since that event. I, I just think that this is just a desperate claim for relevancy. Uh, I think she's part of a dying breed of American politician. If her name were Liz anything other than Cheney, we wouldn't even be having these conversations whatsoever at all. I, I just think this is a desperate plea for relevancy. I don't think she'll run for anything. If she does, I don't even think we'll have presidential debates in 2024 like you're accustomed to. And there's no way in hell Donald Trump's walking on a stage with Liz Cheney there ever anyway. All right. I don't think I don't think we'll even have those debates. Republicans have finally pulled out of the commission on presidential debates. I don't even know that we'll even have them in 2024. Um, to create that kind of a moment. And then finally, this has this did happen before the, the establishment of this in 1980. Everybody forgets about that. All right, there was, a, there was a Liz Cheney that named John Anderson, who was an Illinois rhino Republican running against Ronald Reagan, trying to play spoiler, and it didn't work. Reagan defeated him and Walter Mondale at the exact same time. So I think the reason that it worked with Ross Perot is, frankly, he ran to the right of the Bush administration on pretty much every one of the fiscal issues that were predominant at that time in the country. And there's no way Liz Cheney's running to the right on Trump on the issues that we care the most about at this point to create such an opening. So uh, I think that this is just a desperate plea for relevancy that's been played out with a lot of this dying, you know, vestigial organ within the Republican party that should have probably been pruned and killed off a long time ago. I'll let you get the last yeah. word, then we'll throw it to them. Let, let me agree and disagree. First of all, I agree after the Mar-a-Lago raid, I think what that did is that deepened the Trump support bigger in life, may even brought some of those who are going, I don't want to go back there again to say, I'll go back there again, because that's going to be an attack on me. Mm -hmm. I believe more than ever what that does, that makes sure that he probably wins the Republican nomination if he chooses to run again. 
However, with Liz Cheney, I, I frankly, this is the coaching me again. You and I don't disagree very often, but I think it's head in the sand thinking. Like one is she's going to have money. I think she's going to have a lot of money. And not just from the establishment of Republicans, the Chamber of Commerce types. I think Democrats are going to prop her up as well. Two is she's going to have media. She's going to have a lot of media. Why? Because that media is going to be rallying around her, too, to say, here's a place for Republicans to go or for those who don't want to vote for Trump to go to, to cast their vote. And the difference between Anderson and, and, and Liz Cheney, the Anderson who ran against Reagan, Reagan won 49 states. It was a landslide. We haven't had a landslide like that forever. That was 84. Yeah. In 80, it was a landslide, yeah. but it wasn't 49 so, states. So, so here's the deal, though, with, with this case is that our elections are so close today. She peels away any of those going, I'm not going there again, January 6th. This gives me a safe spot to go. I'm not going Democrat. I think it is a real calculation for Trump and for the GOP. If you believe you need to win in 2024 and not have a lame duck presidency once you win, you better be looking at a Ron DeSantis. You better be looking at a Mike Pompeo. You better be looking at somebody else to carry. And maybe that's where Trump's weight goes behind. So, again, it's not about what Trump did in office and all the good things he did. It's about this is a very focused effort to torpedo him. And I think you need to put that into calculation. And if you're a smart business person or a smart politician, you need to do that. So can I ask one last question? Yes. And we'll see what these guys think. Why hasn't that paid off for her in Wyoming? It is a notorious rhino Republican state. Sent rhinos like Alan Simpson to the U.S. Senate for 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 decades. She has a hundred percent name ID there. Uh, that is her home state. It's her family's home state. She has all the advantages you're talking about. She has right now. All right, and it's an open primary. All right. So why don't those advantages help her with any substance in her own state? when she has them right now, plus the advantage of incumbency at the same time. Well, I think a couple of things. One is I think uh, Trump dominated the state of Wyoming probably more than any other state in, in the union in the 2020 election. So Trump is more popular than Cheney in Wyoming, there's no doubt. However, if Cheney's to take 30% in Wyoming away from Trump, or if she's to take any percentage anywhere else away from Trump, that's where it gets into danger territory. And so I think people in Wyoming, I mean, Jackson is will probably definitely vote for Liz Cheney because that's who Jackson is. But the rest of Wyoming is definitely Trump country. There's no doubt about it. Matter of fact, a lot of people in Wyoming, when you travel though, there, they'll say, listen, Jackson's not us. This is us when you get out into rural Wyoming. All right. Gentlemen, you heard both of us. What do you think? Who wants to go first? Hold Aaron, on first. This? Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was a much more compelling argument as you made it, Bob, than what I thought it would be uh, leading off. However, I can actually make an argument. Don't know if it's a very good argument, but I could make an argument that a Joe Biden camp actually might be more inclined to be worried about Liz Cheney running than, than, uh, than Donald Trump's camp. Because I don't know what the composite voter is and how big this makeup is of people who just detested Trump, didn't really like Biden, but just voted for him because I get I don't like the mean tweets. How many of them actually 
might uh, might want some sort of an excuse to vote third party so they don't have to feel like they're voting for a dead corpse uh, yet again in 2024. I mean, how many What's Karens composite- you're saying are going to vote for Liz Cheney instead of Biden in his scenario? Is yeah, that what you're Karens, saying? Karens, but yeah. more along the lines of the evangelicals for Biden, the the the, the group that, the, the types of people that Ali oh, Stuckey... Russell Moore, t- Russell Moore yeah, types. Yeah, the okay. types that yeah. uh, Ali Stuckey kind of uh, goes after multiple times. I could make an argument that actually that this might this might be more of a concern for Joe Biden's camp than Donald Trump's. Interesting. Todd, what do you think? Well, let's, she she or anybody else, for that matter, would only need 5% of the vote, to your point, Bob, of tipping this thing, potentially. That's a monster number for an independent candidate to get, though, by the way. Like, monstrous. But go ahead. Okay, but her or anybody else, and again, this isn't any other time anymore. We've watched... Mar-a-Lago get raided and uh, Mitch McConnell and Tim Scott, which you wrote about, just kind of say, well, let the process work out. I mean, there's such an uh, insane obsession about the nefariousness of Donald Trump. It's utterly bizarre. And thirdly, even if it's she doing all of this, being the black hat, could ultimately clear the way for a different third party candidate or another, you know, pick your John Kasich to be, they'll do a good cop, bad cop. She'll take all the bullets and let this guy seem like this is the, this is the way. So uh, I, I, these aren't normal times. No political calculus from the past uh, ultimately addresses what we're dealing with now with the likes of uh, Donald Trump and the hate within the own party, the David French wing, for example. So uh, uh, Bob, I'm not certain uh, that you're right, but you absolutely have an argument to be made about some third party candidate. It doesn't have to. Be, we don't have to obsess about Liz uh, about her, Liz Cheney specifically. But th- yeah, they can have th- they can have gigantic feet of clay as political mm. candidates. All they have to do is strip away enough. And so, when I take a look at that, Todd, and and Aaron's point of view is these aren't normal times. And it's one of those things you need to be strategic about. So I think every one of us would say the way the country is going today, there is no way 2024 we should lose to Biden, Newsom, Kamala, whoever that person is. Okay. However, when you throw in a nuance to that calculation, all of a sudden becomes very feasible. Do I want that to happen? Absolutely not do I want that to happen. But do I think it should be looked at? You bet it should be looked at. And why would I think Donald Trump should at least take a look at this? His best move right now may be to get behind a Ron DeSantis. It may be to get behind somebody that says, you know what? We're going to take on this system and we're and we're going to clean house once we get in there. Trump can do a lot without being president again. The fear that I have is with him being the nominee, does that become, we're just going to make sure Trump doesn't get there again, and all of a sudden you give it the presidency back over uh, to where you don't want to give it. Steve, am I hearing you saying that basically Trump is far more of a danger to himself than any third-party candidate possibly could be? Well, we just learned that. That's what. But I that's just why he's be not president that's today. Why, yeah, I just Every want... decision he made from March 16th onward was the wrong one, or, or he made the right one way too late. So if he doesn't do that, if he performs well, there's no issue with any third-party candidate. That's what... Well, part of the calculus of my answer, and we only got about 30 seconds here, is the whole plan of what's going on here is to not even let him get on the ballot. Right. And that, that's why sure. they're going to indict him. That's why they're going to arrest him. That's why they're going to perp walk him. They're going Which to frog march him. Which all works to his favor to run again. Yeah. Provided that he can withstand a phony legal challenge. Sure. Will just, they will get some federal judge somewhere to say he's disqualified from the ballot. 
they'll, they'll try it for sure. All right, good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Good to visit with you. All right, we'll come back. It'll be your turn to ask me anything when we do. Stay tuned. All right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Buy Optimizers. I want to share with you how you can do something that a majority of Americans are struggling with. That is the proper amount and depth of sleep you need so that you're not lacking energy throughout the day. Uh, and if you're waking up in the morning feeling like you're not getting enough sleep, I invite you to try a simple bedtime routine that can maybe work for you like a charm, help you sleep like a baby every night. All it takes is a glass of water and two safe and natural magnesium breakthrough capsules, 30 minutes before hitting the pillow. Try this instead of that melatonin. All right. Two safe and natural magnesium breakthrough capsules from our friends at Buy Optimizers. It contains seven, seven, I should say, essential forms of magnesium included in this full spectrum serving that helps you relax, unwind, and take off your active brain after a long, stressful day so you can rest peacefully and wake up refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough has become a household name over the years because of its reputation. And just recently, the company released their fourth upgraded formula that works even better than before. They will also offer you, if you're one of uh, the first, say, thousand customers that responds to this, uh, they've got several other programs and regimens that they'll offer you for free as well. Whether we're talking about digestive health and more, uh, just to do their best to help make you healthier and also, therefore, less exposed to America's sick care system that failed us so dramatically over these last 28 months with COVID. All right, enter the code Steve and get this exclusive limited time author offer, I should say. When you go to magbreakthrough.com slash Steve, that's magbreakthrough.com slash Steve. This is only available on this special website, magbreakthrough.com slash Steve. You can break through to tell us, break the fourth wall, that is. Tell us what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. Uh, also look for me at Real Steve Dace uh, on Trump's Truth Social and get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. And if you're a podcast listener, thank you. If you have yet to leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice or hit subscribe and follow. Please do so for us. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every one. And if you do have a question that you want considered for an upcoming Ask Me Anything, simply put your question embedded into your five-star review and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration from Todd. Speaking of Ask Me Anything, let's get it going. This week, it is from our five-star reviews and also from our followers over on Gab. Todd, you have selected the questions. I have not seen any of them. Aaron, you may fire when ready. We will begin with a couple of five-star review questions. Politics Geek says, The warrant for Trump raid looks like an obvious fishing expedition. His enemies in the DOJ, DOD, and intelligence communities would not have waited two years to leak info about nuclear secrets. Could they be stupid and desperate enough to plant such a document? Well, let me say the first part. I am not qualified to determine what is 
an overly expansive search warrant and what is a specific one, because it's not like I've studied a bunch of search warrants over the course of my career. Uh, but I will tell you people whose illegal opinions I respect, um, and some of them have even been on this show, share your opinion in that matter. I'm just saying in my case, it's not, um, I'm just not qualified. I'm, I'm not looked at enough by comparison, uh, you know, so I don't know if that is the case. To me, the, the second part of what you talk about I, I, is, where, is, is where I do feel qualified. And, I, and Aaron, I thought, made a very important point during his montage here about an hour ago at this time. And that point was, Trump hasn't been president for a year and a half. You think he's got the nuclear launch codes? Or he's got something that has something to do with America's nuclear capability and security? It's, it's, it's not like we don't know where he is, right? He's pretty much in one place most of the time, and, that, and, and that's the Mar-a-Lago. And when he's not there, he's on camera somewhere else. He hasn't been hard to find. This hasn't been Walter Mondale retreating to the wilderness of Minnesota for fishing trips after an ignominious defeat. I mean, he's pretty omnipresent, man. So he's either holding court at Mar-a-Lago or he's on TV somewhere else. (laughs) All this time, therefore, you didn't stop and think, you know, maybe we should go and retrieve those. I I think that's a very potent argument. And do they think that you are that stupid or that they are that stupid or that desperate? Yes. We've done multiple U.S. attorney investigations. We did the entire Mueller probe. We did we did an we did an impeachment, and all we came back with is that he asked a country if they could give him dirt on the Bidens, which we now know they actually had and were and was all true. Uh, so yeah, they're that stupid. They're that desperate. the The plan here is to find something to indict him for, to arrest him, and this is actually a good follow up to the conversation we were just having with Bob Interplatz and I's uh, debate back and forth. I don't know who's running Trump's political team. But you are committing political malpractice by not having him declare right now. He should have declared, if he's going to run, if he's going to run, every day he does not run that allows them to potentially get the jump on him with some star chamber indictment so that they can label him as an, an indicted criminal before he actually is a declared candidate. Every day that goes by that you gamble and risk that happening, you are committing political malfeasance. Every day. Trump should have declared the day after the Mar-a-Lago raid. And that, if not that day, then the day after that. And then the day after that. And then the day after that. And then the day after that. Or today. Because you want, you want to cement, and I say this, as someone who has a vested interest in you winning this damn thing, if you're going to do it, okay? Because I don't want to go through what I went through in 2020, where frankly I felt like I was working harder to get your guy reelected than many of y'all were. And because I also don't trust Trump's legal representation after what I saw post-election with that joke. I mean, we have ironclad evidence of violating Pennsylvania election law, and we're off chasing fantastical tales and amazing stories. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking, ticking. We remember that we came on here every day. Clock's ticking, guys. They're going to have the Electoral College is going to meet in early December. Congress is going to meet January 6th. Clock is ticking. Don't have time for your amazing stories from the tales of TBN. 
Start with something simple, okay? Instead of chasing the fresh wind of the Spirit from Benny Hinn and Paula White, let's start with something simple before you die. Did Jesus walk out of a tomb or not? Let's start there, right? Okay? Is that an amazing enough story for you? How about we start here? In Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to board up windows and kick out election monitors. It's against the law. In Pennsylvania, the legislature makes the law on what election law is, not the governors or the courts. Pretty clear. Pretty clear statute. Let's adjudicate that. Let's get that before. Pretty good. By the way, the guy that wrote the opinion on the on Roe that we all applauded, Samuel Alito, that's his federal district. So let's get this. Let's get that case right now in front of him right now. Right now. Closest distance between two points is a straight line. Get that right in front of him right now and make Alito rule on that. Because you're also fighting a political battle here. The longer you go on with fantastical tales and amazing stories that you can't possibly confirm in the time you have, more and more people drift away. They get bored. They don't think there's anything to it. You want the headline right away. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito grants cert. Supreme Court will hear the case of contested ballots in Pennsylvania. Bam! Put all your efforts there. We didn't do that. We chased, fanta- we chased fantastical tales and amazing stories. And many of those exact same people are around him right now. And so I'm not overly confident, frankly, that he can beat, he, he can legally defeat them. And then even if he can, who's to say they don't bog him down until the Supreme Court rules in his favor, which I think they would. Might be five to four, but I think they would. Who's to say they won't balk it? I know what some of you are saying. Oh, Steve, what what is they going to charge? Doesn't matter. What are they going to charge him with? Yeah, uh, being named Donald Trump, dude. The lie is the point. Yeah, uh, they're going to charge him with you voting that you like him. They're charging him with being liked by you. That's the charge. I mean, are you, you kidding me? What's the charge? He's liked by you. That's the charge. Okay. How dare he? That is the charge. Arrest this man. That's the charge. Because the guy in Aaron's montage, provable crimes. All right, what crimes did he do? Uh, uh, we got chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Isn't that it back on the bumper, man? Dude goes Beavis and Butthead and Cheech and Chong in the same clip. It'll be good enough for a judge somewhere, though. Yes, you bet it will. Of course it will. <laughs> so, no, I'm not confident in his legal team. You are? I'm not. Not if it's the same people that ran the election stuff. So they just bog him down. And then by the time he by the time the Supreme Court intervenes, half the damn Republican primary is over. He couldn't get enough ballots or enough delegates to win the nomination. Then the Republican Party will come in, change the rules so he's the nominee. Then they'll just get to lie about that. I would like to not feed their narratives. Anybody else? Can I get can I get an amen on that? Amen. Can we just once not react to their narratives and stop friggin' feeding them? They're looking to cast to ch- <laughs> They just like they want the guy who said who made you chant lock her up, they're going to lock him up, they're going to try anyway. They're going to try to say he's trying to steal the election. Oh. After we after they stole it from him, see what they changed the whole Republican party rule so that he could be the nominee. Could we stop feeding their narrative? Could we act proactive maybe one time, one time me? Could we be proactive? Announce now. Now, like literally right now, announce. Every day you don't announce that you allow them to get the jump on you and call you an indicted person first. That gets embedded in the psyche of people you need to persuade. 
And mind share is market share. You want them thinking the opposite because low information voters can work to your favor too. Those say, a lot of those same low information voters are going to be like, well, they want to indict him now that he's, now that he's declared. That just seems kind of stupid and corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You want that working in your favor, not against you. Because the other way around, it's like, yeah, that's why I don't want him to run again. Same thing. We went through all this before. He's corrupt, provable crimes. He's indicted and he's going to run again. No, I'm out. You don't want that. We don't have to make it so damn hard on ourselves all the time. Think. If you're going to do it, do it now. This is political malpractice. Next question. Next, we go to M2A3L, who says, How plausible is this scenario? Health insurers fail due to overwhelming costs related to unexplained rises, quote-unquote, in several long-term health issues. A health emergency is declared. Government mandates all private insurers must consolidate like the 2008 crisis that forced banks to merge per the government. All Americans will be required to hold mandated policies. Those policies will require vaccination. Those not complying will be subject to IRS penalties. Very. Next up, my view says, uh, this is from Gab now. Could you please respond to Steve Bannon's question to Daniel Horowitz as to whether you or Daniel are concerned about what the Anti-Defamation League has to say regarding naming your book The Fourth Reich? Do you think it is anti-Semitic and you and Daniel will be making an appearance at the Holocaust, uh, Holocaust Museum to apologize? Or do you proudly stand behind your title and its historical reference? I have to ask the person who wrote that question. Just my view. Okay. Is what my view? Yeah. So that's their name is my view? Yeah. Okay. Have you listened to this show before? You might, maybe you haven't. I mean, I don't know Steve Bannon at all. I don't really have any ties into that. Or I, I shouldn't say I don't have any. I don't have a lot of ties into sort of that sector of the, um, of the resistance, I guess we'll call it. Okay, so it could very well be that you have not. Okay, because if you had, the idea that I would be issuing an apology for the title of that book to anybody, I mean, would 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 just not even. It wouldn't even like come to mind. Also, who does he think Daniel Horowitz is? Like Dutch Romanian or something? <laughs> well, there's also there is also that. Have you ever apologized to the ADL or any one of these? Only if I only, th only time I've ever apologized to, when I got something actually wrong for for something like this, though. Oh I hell mean, no. no! It's no, time no. to put you down. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Just, and please, out please, 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 no, no, you had it right the first time. Put me down. Yeah, faster than you can say monkeypox. Yes, by all means. So not human no, or dog monkeypox. Not no, but... What's the difference? No. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Not to mention, I would actually welcome their castigation of the book. It would just raise its profile all the more. So I... That would greatly... That would be a great investment in our marketing budget for when it comes out in February. So by all means... I mean, they, they, they did the same thing. They tried to say Mel Gibson's The Passion was anti-Semitic 20 years ago. That only became the single most successful, financially successful independent film in the history of cinema. So, 
with that as a track record, I, I, I hope they do. I, I would greatly enjoy the publicity and, uh, and would also thank them for it. Probably send them a cookie bouquet. Next, Buzz29 says, does God show signs in obvious ways, ways that are hidden, or both ways? Which way is better, if any, do you think? The answer to your question is yes. And which way is better? The way that he chooses to show them. He defines what is better. He knows what is better. And he alone is good. So when he chooses to be subtle, that is better. When he chooses to be obvious, that is better. When he chooses to be direct, that is better. When he chooses to be merciful, that is better. When he chooses to extract justice, that is better. When he chooses to be wrathful, that is better. What he chooses to do is better because he is God and we are not. And so whichever way he chooses is better. The evidence for the goodness of God and therefore trusting it far outweighs the evidence for trusting the goodness of ourselves. I love that answer. Let's face it, though. Another answer is that all of his signs are probably more obvious than any of us would care to admit because of our state of our ability to see, ears to hear, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example of like a really obvious sign, okay? Like, and this is going to sound nuts, but just bear with me. Like, imagine if God took on a human form and, like, came here and, like, was birthed out of a female birth canal, like an actual human being. Like, had to be nursed on his mom's breast like an actual human being. Had to be taught how to talk, walk, function. Had to be taught a skill from his old man, like an actual human being had to like learn a trade to pay for his way well into his own adult years and to, and to support a family, you know, like an actual human being. And then while he was here, um, like did an, an, an insane amount of, well, as you put it, obvious things that only God could do. That, that exist outside of our concept of supernatural, preternatural, natural, um, time and space. I mean, that would seem like a pretty obvious thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that everyone would know who alone, despite all this world's claims, here is God, that is God, you'll find a God there or God's here. So that no one else would like have this resume, right? Mm-hmm. No one else would. And... And the people who like lived with him, lived around him and witnessed it themselves, willingly gave their lives in testimony to the truth of what they saw. That'd be pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God among us, God with us, and then like eyewitnesses who will stand by their testimony to the point of death and not recant, That'll not preach. a single one. That would like be a pretty obvious sign, would it not? Yes. Indeed. Next up, Hebrews 1031 says, if you had to pick a historical parallel to our current society of the following, which is the most accurate? Weimar Germany, pre-Civil War, Franco-Spain, pre-Revolution Napoleon France, or pre-Revolution Bolshevik Russia? Personally, I always pick Spain, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, 
I definitely think it is pre-Civil War slash Franco-Spain. I agree with you of all those. And I assume by Civil War, you're talking about ours. And then in addition to the, what led up to the Spanish Civil War of the 1930s. Okay. Because, I mean, I've even drawn the analogy that what we're doing in Ukraine right now with both sides, the World Economic Forum and, uh, and uh, the Russians just, you know, dueling oligarchs and corruptocrats, basically treating Ukraine as its testing ground for future conflicts. I've even compared that to what was going on with, you know, proxies within the Spanish Civil War at that time. Uh, I think our culture is definitely, I remember when, um, you know, uh, the first time I met Newt Gingrich in person. And this would have been now, wow, over 10 years ago. And we were having dinner at a Damon sports bar. They still have those anyway? I don't think they do anymore. Not that I'm okay, famous for ribs, right? And he was adamant that he got the most audacious rack of ribs they had because Callista doesn't let him eat that stuff, he said. And she wasn't there. So him and I sat down, me, him, Amy, and uh, Newt's personal aide, I think his name was Michael, we sit down for a couple of hours having dinner and Newt laid out as a historian why this was the most divided the country had been since the 1850s. That was in 2011. Doesn't 2011 seem like a simpler time? You know what I'm saying? We all enjoyed Marvel movies and Harry Potter movies and everything together, right? Yep. It doesn't, you didn't know what a cancel culture was in 2011. Did you know what that was? Don't think so. We knew what a gender was in 2011. Like the only person that was talking about gender reassignment surgeries in 2011 was Mehmet Oz, the <laughs> GOP nominee for Senate. <laughs> <laughs> no one else was. You had to watch Dr. Oz to, to, to advocate for gender reassignment for children. Um, and I mean, I'm listening to him lay this out. And I'm like, you know, freaked out. <sighs> we are much closer to midnight in 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I, I love this question, and I think it's, these are important questions because history does not just repeat, it rhymes. And I think we are definitely more of a pre-Civil War slash Franco-Spain. The, so sort of an autocratic authoritarian regime arises out of, said of a, out of said Civil War. I think we are much close, much more aligned with that than your other suggestions, unfortunately. Next, Ed Courage first says, did Trump make a mistake not going into blue states and blue areas and reminding people how his policies were actually a huge benefit to them? Had he tweaked his message that way, could he not have broken into the psyche of all people paying for more gas, food, energy, and watching crime increase? Imagine him in San Francisco talking to a San, or ta- talking to San Francisco about all the urine, feces, and needles in the streets all accomplished without a single GOP vote. Your own rep doesn't even have to visit these streets, he could have stated. I, the only clar- point of clarification I could add to this is, obviously, San Francisco, California, maybe that's a loss, but pick your other liberal city in a state he can win. I think to, I, I was fascinated by the notion of, should he be doing this? See, I would have actually loved the idea of even doing it in San even Francisco. In San Francisco. Okay. Maybe if going you, only to like the deepest blue. Yes. Just if you understand a, why yeah. you're doing it. Okay. Well, Meaning that. There's that. <laughs> you're really. You're not trying to substantively improve your vote total out of San Francisco. 
you do it for two reasons. One is you show persuadable voters who may agree with you on issues but don't like you personally what the cost is of voting on their feelings as opposed to facts. What the cost is becoming the uh, provable crimes guy on that on that Newsmax was that Newsmax on that clip? Yeah. And then the reporter asked him, "Who's what are the crimes?" This is done. We're done. Yeah, we're done yeah. here. Okay. Um, that's the cost of allowing yourself to become that guy. Here's the cost. All right. In fact, man, I, I would be like looking for a homeless person dropping a stink brick right on the sidewalk. I'd stand right next to him. This is the cost. See him squeezing off one off right there here in broad daylight. Cross over there is like the Forbes building. And hey, there's a nice fancy restaurant. Here's a homeless drug addict squeezing off a brick right here. Okay. Right between the cheeks. Uh, I would do that in order uh, to try and convict people who should be voting for me, but will come up with all kinds of excuses that are largely irrelevant in the grand scheme of things to not to, to show them what is the cost of becoming a mark. Here's the cost. The other is part of this is psychological warfare. There's a reason why in World War II, both sides lit dropped the other. Both sides even lit dropped the other with Nostradamus predictions. Did you know that? Both sides, no one knows what the hell Nostradamus was saying. Trust me. Okay. That's why everybody claims that he's right all the time. And he predicts every side of every issue because he speaks in these, or he spoke in these very um, uh, morbid and cryptic quatrains. Okay. But, but you do stuff like that because you're trying to demoralize your enemy. Show them it's not worth fighting. You've already lost. Demoralize them. Stop fighting. That's the other reason you do that. That's why they come to your suburban library. That's why they come to your rural school district. To make you think, wow, there is nowhere I can move to. There's, there, this is just systemic. It's everywhere. Maybe, I, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe, maybe I need to go along with this. So I, I love doing that. There's nothing to lose. What do you lose? All you, you, you couldn't possibly be hated more. And so the people that, I mean, the people that are already going to vote against you a couple times, they're just even angrier when they do it. There's, there's only something to gain, provided you understand why you are doing it. You are, you are not doing it to try to get another 10% out of a precinct in San Francisco. You are doing it to make, uh, to make broader points at your enemy's expense. On those grounds, I'd love it. Before we move on, reminder, in these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure if you're getting into the real estate market in these uh, Let's Go Brandon eras, you do so with a real estate agent that you can trust. Our team at realestateagentsitrust.com will help you find just such an agent. They will make the introduction and then follow through, and that, and that agent will follow you through the buying and selling process until you come to a satisfactory conclusion. The agents that we work with there, they come with fully vetted track records, long track records of success, and they're some of the best sellers in the field. They often come from this audience. So they're just like you, have the same values you do. They've got your back, all right? So... If you want our team to contact you and make an introduction to a prefer, preferred, I should say, agent in your town or the town you want to get out to, uh, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and get started today with an agent that you trust to the point you'll be recommending him for years after you're done. realestateagentsitrust.com. 
We'll do one more quickly before the break. This is Jim S.E. on Gab, who says, with the advent of NIL deals, are there any traditional college football also rands that could become powerhouses due to a wealthy booster program? Absolutely, I think that is possible. You bet. I mean, we we saw this with SMU in the 80s, um, which had not really been a nationally relevant program Going back to the early days, you know, the pre and post World War days of college football, suddenly now being ranked number one in the country uh, because, um, you know, Texas A&M's gold Trans Am for Eric Dickerson wasn't good enough. Absolutely, that could happen. You bet. And, um, and I suspect, speaking of Texas A&M, uh, that's why they got the number one class this year. If I, if I was Jimbo Fisher, I wouldn't have fought Nick Saban on that. I'd be bragging like. Hell yeah, we outbid the old man. He's lost his fastball. Hell yeah, we did that. You know, he's lost his fastball. He's resting on his laurels. He thinks that he doesn't have to pony up for players anymore. He thinks he'll just go there because of his beloved process. Here at Texas A&M, we're just literally, especially with gas at $19 a gallon here. Our oil our oil, uh, you know, alumni, man, they're just literally flushing money down a toilet. All right? We haven't lost our fastball. We're going to pay you at your market value and then some what you're worth. I would have owned that. I mean, I wouldn't be offended at all. I mean, well, Steve is worried about the NCAA. What is an NCAA? What is that? Do you know what that is? Anybody know what an NCAA is? Yeah, neither do I, and no one cares. It's uh, NCAA is deader than the Constitution. There's actually still people that believe in it. It just doesn't matter anymore. So Jimbo should have owned that, man. Hell yeah, man, I outbid the old man. He's past his prime. He's out to pasture. That's why we got the number one class now. I'd own that poop if it was me. More in a moment. Do you like a good snack throughout the day? Well, I have good news for you because the brand new cookie dough chunk built bar puffs are better than just about any candy bar that's out there. In fact, I'm going to prove it to you. All right. So yesterday I couldn't resist the Halloween. I had to make it uh, run to the grocery store and the Halloween candy was out. So I got me, you know, Russell Stover's always has the seasonal stuff, right? Okay. So I got me a Russell Stover's pumpkin, chocolate pumpkin truffle. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I'm going to tell you right now. The cookie dough chunk built bar puff protein bar was better than that. Absolutely was better than that. It, it's the best protein bar of all time. That's its best flavor, but there are so many others that also are tremendous, all of them covered in real chocolate, all of them loaded with protein and nutrition, not loaded with carbs, calories, and sugars you're trying to avoid. All right, try them today or get them again today with my last name, Dace, D-E-A-C-E is your promo code to get 15% off. When you go to built.com, promo code Dace, built.com for Built Bar, 15% off the best protein bar that has ever been made. Built.com for Built Bar, 15% off your order. Let's get back to some Ask Me Anything. Aaron. We will go to Jess, who wants to know how to relate to Christians that don't seem to realize that fallen human nature and evil exist. For example, most other women my age are more concerned with their Amazon orders or the design of their pillowcases and that everything is fine and everyone is a good person, that the evil that is taking over the world schools or culture 
I can't make friends because I can't relate to this superficial lifestyle. Well, the first thing I would say, before we get into even the broader level of cultural engagement and how much is a believer required to get directly involved in that. And there have been, you know, great arguments throughout the history of the faith about that. Okay. Before we even address that though, you have Jess, you put the word Christians there in air quotes. If, if you don't believe evil exists and you don't believe in fallen human nature, how are you a Christian? I mean, before we even get to the broader application of your level of requirement. In light of that, therefore, how much am I to be engaged in cultural affairs? Because, you know, there are people of sincere conviction that throughout the history of the faith have had a lot of differences about this. Before we even enter into that time in memoriam debate, if you don't believe in fallen human nature and the existence of evil, how are you a Christian? Because the first step to becoming a Christian is the recognition of your fallen human nature and the fact that you are evil. No one is good but God. None would choose him. There is none righteous, not a single one. There does seem to be fairly, those seem to be fairly declarative statements, correct? Correct. There's no one that's completely good. Is that what it says? No. No, no one is good. There's, there's no one who, you know, is, is not bad at least some of the time. No. I mean, these are pretty declarative statements, and they're spoken pretty conclusively and in totality. So if, if you're not willing to, to acknowledge and confront the existence of fallen human nature and evil, starting most importantly with your own, the plank in your own eye before the speck of dust in your brothers, then I, 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 you're, I don't know how you became a Christian. I, I just, I don't know how that works. I mean, doesn't mean you don't believe in God. Doesn't mean you have a theistic worldview to some degree. But, but why did you think you needed a savior? If you don't need to be saved. I mean, I don't, does that make any sense to you? No, it I don't understand that. I don't think that's possible. You have to come to grips with your own evil and your own fallen human nature. And then... And then that begs the question of who or what will save me from the justifiable wrath of God against my fallen human nature and, and evil that I'm guilty of. We know and, most people, most Christians today ask, are people basically good? If out on the street, they'd say yes. Then I don't think you're a Christian. I mean, I really don't. I don't. I, I, if you think people are basically good, I, I, I don't know how you became a Christian. I don't. Just save yourself then. You're basically good. Just save yourself. You know? Do three good deeds and call me in the morning. You're, I mean, you fixed it. You're good. You don't need Jesus. You don't need a savior. You're good. You fix yourself, man. You're good. I don't think you're a Christian. Next question. But the last part, though, the superficial lifestyle, I just, I, I found it fascinating. She was asking this question on the same time that the poll came out about right. the greatest idol being comfort. This but is see, even amongst people who would answer correctly. Correct. But this is the part that this is clearly something that is a huge problem for the church and the culture. Yes. Yeah. 
And that's what, what we're describing really is false conversion, right? Or, or cultural conform, conforming. Meaning that that's the, you know, that's just what the predominant belief system or tradition or history of the era or culture or community in which I live. And so I'm just conforming to that. But no actual transformation has taken place in my life. That aside, that if, that if, that if, the, that would, that, that then if that culture then conformed the other way, I would not then go with it, that I would hold to where I am at still. I would, my plumb line, my cornerstone would remain, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I'm just going where that thing is going. That's all. Well, that's not, that's not even churchianity. That's not even, let alone Christianity. I don't, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just a scam. Uh, we'll move on to Cyan B666. Who says, if I remember right, you had a conversation a few weeks ago with Mr. Matthew Peterson about a parallel economy. Correct. Have you ever looked into the parallel economy that has been created on Gab? Gab TV is the YouTube alternative that is censor-free. Gab Pay is the PayPal alternative. Gab Voice was just released as a Zoom alternative. There are a lot of small Christian-owned businesses on Gab that are working together to build the parallel economy. There are truckers that are building a parallel economy in shipping, giving higher priority to businesses on Gab. Did you know that the CEO of Gab reposts at least one of your posts a week? That last part I did not know, but don't take offense. I, I just almost never read and react to the comment section on almost anything. Because I, I just, I just don't. I gave up arguing with anonymous for perpetual Lent. Okay, so I just don't. It's very rare that I will do it. Uh, I only do it every now and then on Facebook because that seems to be the one surefire way to unshadow ban my content. Is if I post something in the replies, then suddenly it'll go from getting no reaction or response from Facebook at all to suddenly getting one. Okay, so it's that's just really my intent to do an end run around their algorithm. But I applaud each and every one of those efforts. Here is the conundrum that I am in. I don't have the size of audience. All right, This is probably a, a top 50 news podcast in America, which is really good. But I didn't say top 50 overall podcast, did I? No. No. I said top 50 in our number one category. Okay. That's still very good. That is still exclusive, you know, um, company, but it's not enough to migrate an audience away from its own habits. Okay. There, there are like Dan Bongino, what he did with rumble, for example, Dan, um, has the size of audience that he's, he's reached a critical mass that people will follow and find him no matter where he goes. Even if it's a new platform or something they don't understand or they never heard of before, they they are that his audience is big enough. And then the people that won't that would fall off, it, he's he's gained enough of a following that it wouldn't substantially lessen his platform. Okay, we don't have that critical mass yet. I, I mean, I, I, we just don't. So, I I am in this no man's land right now. Where on one hand I hate these entities like YouTube. I mean, with the heat of a thousand suns. On the other hand, it's. Even, as, even though I have not promoted YouTube on this show, like in a year, I still have more YouTube subscribers. We just got a strike. I, you see, there you go. I, I still have more YouTube subscribers. I'm not than, joking. We did just get a strike. Of course we did. We're I, not going to be up on YouTube today, guys. Sorry. I, we have more YouTube subscribers still than we do Rumble. And that's all I ever talk about. And that's 
with rare exception, that's what I link to on all my other social media accounts. I try to pretend like YouTube doesn't exist. And so I, I don't have an, a large enough audience yet that I can just say to people, hey, 5,000, pour one out, we're moving here now. And like everybody will follow me. I don't have that. Um, we would lose too many people. So the reality is the number one, two, and three places, and it's not even close because we track all this stuff with our RSS feeds and everything else that the majority of our people get this content from is Facebook, YouTube, and to a lesser degree, Twitter. And it's not even close. And all these other entities, even like Gab, I'm trying to help you by giving you Ask Me Anything. I'm trying to raise your profile within my audience. That's why we don't just do Facebook and Twitter, Ask Me Anything. That's why we do these other platforms. I'm on there and I'm doing this stuff to try to raise you guys' profile as best I can. Um, but right now, I'd be cutting off my nose in spite of my face, deserting the platforms I would very much like to desert. Next, we go to Walter. Do you get the feeling that the useful idiots may have any hope of shaking off the Marxist communist programming the mainstream media has subjected them to? No, I don't. I, and, uh, that, because it's, it's, a, it's a religion. Um, the, the, the people that have been red pilled in the last couple of years, the Malones, the, the Wolfs, the, the people that have been common sense pilled, the Mars, the Russell brands. Oh, he might be approaching red, red pill status at this point. But these were people that already had, were critical thinkers to some degree. They all may have came to conclusions that we don't share. But they already were not lemmings. They already had a little iconoclasm in their blood. The vast majority of our people, and when I say our people now, I'm just talking about our countrymen. I think I should clarify that. The vast majority of our countrymen don't have the framework to critically think on their own. It's not, it's not there. The, 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 there's, it, it, that, that hasn't been added to the operating system. And that's one of the reasons why there's no amount of data that you could show that will make a difference or a dent. And when we get into that realm, you're talking about a cult. And this is why spirituality has to be addressed. There are two reasons why I make a biblical worldview front and center in what we do. Number one, it's because it is front and center in what we do. And it's front and center in what we believe and why we believe it. Number two, though, is, is less idealistic and more pragmatic. It's the only weapon I know of that has a chance to break through the kind of concrete, concrete there, Walter, that you're describing. Because no data table is going to do it. They want the subjugation. They want it. They've been, well, groomed for it. His sheep hear his voice, too. Before we get out of here with a lightning round, a word about our friends over at Raycon. Everyday earbuds that look, feel, and sound better than ever. They are the best noise-canceling earbuds I've ever tried. They will not budge. Perfect in-ear fit. And that's one of the reasons, on top of eight hours of playtime, a 32-hour battery life, that's why they've got 49,000 five-star reviews. Is that a lot? 
seems so. And that seems like that's an awful lot. 49,000 five-star reviews for Raycons. All right. The same quality audio as premium brands, but at about half the price. Check them out right now and get 15% off whatever you want to buy store-wide. When you go to buy Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N as in Nancy, buyraycon.com slash Steve. Go there today. Buyraycon.com slash Steve. Go there today. Get 15% off your entire order store-wide. 15% off today. Buyraycon.com slash Steve. I told you had we had several left, I was confused. We have one more left from our uh, submissions. The rest I can just come up with off the top of my head. Lamar says, what is the one specific action you wish groups of Christian men would do to fight back against tyranny? I pray, teach my kids about God and freedom. I started a Bible study at work. I speak out to friends and family. I say no to mask mandates, etc., but many of these actions are individual. What's the one thing you would ask Christian men to band together and do right now to fight? You had the operative word right there when you use the word individual. First of all, brother, thank you. I mean, thank you for your willingness to do all the things that you just mentioned. Okay. But we weren't meant to do these things alone. We are made in the image of a, of, God, of a God who in and of himself is a relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In and of himself, he is a relationship. We were created for a relationship. The first One of the first things God observes after he creates man, it is not good for the man to be alone. And he creates for him woman to give him relationship at a more direct level, one-on-one, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. A triple braided cord is tougher to break. That's right out of the Proverbs. We were meant to do these things together. There's a re- the, the church means gathering. We were meant to worship together. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity and praise the Lord. We weren't meant to do these things as individuals. Now, there are times that that's required because cowardice is common. So that's why a teenage boy has to confront Goliath alone in the Valley of Elah, because cowardice is common. But the plan is for us to model this diversity within unity. Not unity from diversity. That's what the world models. We model diversity within unity. People of different skills and gifts and backgrounds and Um, persuasions and customs and cultures coming together in unity to bless the one true God and to model his commands, to teach the world the commands he has given us. That's what's missing, is is you men doing these things together. The enemy can pick you off one by one. Harder to pick you off if there's a show of force. So do them together. Don't defy the mask mandates just individually. That's great. Defy them together. Go into the same stores, same schools, same malls. Go into those places together. That'll do it for today's show. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.